Hola, esto es Spanglish, un podcast sobre bilingüismo, cultura y sobre todo aprendizaje de idiomas. Nuestra meta es enseñarte todo lo que necesitas saber para aprender idiomas y sobre las diferencias culturales. Escúchanos en varias plataformas como Spotify y Google Podcasts. Hi everybody. This is Spanglish, a podcast about bilingualism, culture and about all things related to the learning of languages. Our goal is to teach you all that you need to learn languages and the cultures that correspond to them. Please listen to us on various platforms, including Spotify and Google Podcast. today he told me good a little tired how are you oh i'm just fine i i'm also a little bit tired from some mountain biking that i did this morning wow that's cool do you ride every day see sí, casi todos los días <laughs> ¿Qué es lo que más te gusta de manejar tu bicicleta? well i like to ride in japan there's the really good riding but you have to really look for it. So we're out, always out looking for new trails. En serio, ¿qué es, eh, qué, ¿cuál es la montaña que nos podrías recomendar? Well, like if I'm here in Ogaki, there's uh, several little uh, trails that are around uh, Ikeda Mountain. Mm -hmm. And so that's a place where we can actually do a bit of riding. And that's where I usually go. Es muy interesante. ¿Hace cuánto que, que lo estás haciendo? Wow, I've been mountain biking for the last maybe five, uh, six, seven, eight years, I guess. Eight years, probably. Wow. When I um, actually started into uh -huh. mountain biking, yeah. Yeah. Es muy interesante. Thanks. You've been a snowboarder too, right? Eh, sí, algunas, uh, solamente algunas veces, pero espero este año eh, haya bastante nieve y que pueda ir a las montañas a hacer snowboard. Yeah, I, I think there's some ski uh, ski slopes up where I ride my mountain bike. Uh huh. It's um like behind Decatur Mountain. Yeah, eh, sí, he escuchado que no sé si todavía es. He escuchado mm. que era eh, un field de snowboard, pero mm. no sé si todavía sigue siendo porque hemos tenido muy poca nieve estos años. I see, right, that's what I've heard as well. So, um, here in Gifu, if you want to go snowboarding, you probably have to go up like by Takayama area. Mm -hmm. that's right. eh, existe eh, la montaña, la montaña o el ski resort llamado Takase y right. Meiko. Right, mm -hmm. so you have to get pretty high up there. Claro, y uno de mis más grandes miedos es altura. I see. <laughs> so you don't like getting high. So maybe this this uh, um, this uh, topic today will be a little bit strange for you. ¿Por qué? Because <laughs> we're going to talk about narcos. Oh, muy interesante. Yeah. 
So, are you aware of the Netflix series Narcos? Sí, he visto creo que la primera temporada de Narcos con Pablo Escobar. Uh, yeah, that's right. It's the Pablo Escobar story, and then it also has um, three seasons or two seasons of uh, uh, Narcos Mexico. As wow, well. ¿los has visto todos? I've watched all of it, yeah. Wow. And the reason why I'm bringing it up today is it's kind of like a bilingual um, program. Mm -hmm. So like all of the narration and all of the parts by um, like Americans in the drug war. It's, it mm -hmm. takes place in the drug war in the 1980s and 90s. And so all of the the parts played by Americans, of course, all their parts uh -huh. are done in English. And then all of the parts with the... Um, narco trafficking uh, drug lords is all mm -hmm. uh, done in Spanish. Mm -hmm. So it's a perfect mix of, you know, Spanish and English and... Entre español e inglés, right. que sería perfecto para que nuestra audiencia lo vea. Right, so if you're a part of our audience, then you're already listening to the bilingual podcast, then over there you're going to be listening to a kind of a bilingual mm -hmm. um, series that'll help you to... Um, if you know, get used to the rhythm of Spanish uh -huh. and get used to the rhythm of English, mm -hmm. whichever one you're trying to learn. Y si no me equivoco, es un, eh, un español muy rural o es un español más de ciudad, de capital? So for me, when I listen to it, I can understand that it's a very... Uh, Colombian Spanish and it's very Mexican mm -hmm. Spanish and after that I don't know the difference <laughs> but I do know that I can understand almost all of the Colombian Spanish mm -hmm. and then when it goes to the Mexican Spanish it was really difficult mm -hmm. to understand all of it but I did watch after I finished watching Narcos I went and I watched uh, El Chapo uh -huh. which is uh, you know more of the Mexican mm -hmm. uh, cartel story so un poco más lo que es la guerra de tráfico? Well, I can, and uh, maybe our uh, uh, ex-president of Peru, Fujimori, could explain more about it. But, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, poor guy. Uh, actually, I feel sorry for him because, um, you know, uh, you, you can't be in Latin America and in politics and in power mm -hmm. and not have at least something uh, to do mm -hmm. with the uh, drug cartel. It's such a big business, right? Uh -huh. It's multi-billion dollar, uh, you know, way, right up there with, I think uh, El Chapo was like considered like one of the richest people in the world mm -hmm. just because of how much money they generate through mm -hmm. uh, the, the drug trade. And I guess in Mexico, I don't know that a lot of people know, that, know this, but it's like almost a million people uh -huh. or maybe half a million or something crazy some crazy number uh -huh. of people have been killed down in Mexico in this drug war Whoa. yeah and it's because of the United States being uh, you know influence, influential in this drug war that uh -huh. they've had so many people die uh -huh. uh, you asked me earlier before we were talking about uh -huh. it if there's you know uh, if there has what was the world like before the drug war <laughs> Exacto. Right. And so the best I can say to you is that it wasn't that big a deal. <laughs> you know what uh -huh. I mean? Like Coca-Cola had cocaine in it, right? Exacto, that, lo right, he oído. Right. So it wasn't that um, strange. And actually, um, one of the great, uh, we would say like a psychologist, right? Uh -huh. Sigmund Freud. 
Uh-huh. He, he was like a, a main user of cocaine mm-hmm. <laughs> as well. So it's not like it was complete a death sentence to use it. But under Ronald Reagan, the United States kind of started the drug war. Mm-hmm. And um, when they did, you know, Just Say No became the, mm-hmm. the, the um, kind of mantra mm-hmm. of how to stop, you know, drugs mm-hmm. in our cities and drugs in our, in our lives. And it made it made it so that yeah drugs had a drop but um you know at what cost (laughs) you know Uh because basically people got into harder drugs and and more uh you know vicious drugs Uh mostly because of the drug war not necessarily Mm -hmm. um uh, because uh, they wanted to do drugs but because now it became something that you would want to market if you're a drug dealer. Uh-huh. Uh, and so it became more than what it was in the 19, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, 1910s and 1920s. And at the, you have the same time we had, like, in 1920s, uh, we had what was called prohibition in the mm-hmm. United States. Was, prohibition was the prohibition of alcohol. Oh, cuando crearon estos túneles debajo de los bares para... Yeah, to go to the speakeasies. Uh-huh. They're called the speakeasy. A speakeasy. Yeah, so a speakeasy was like an unlicensed bar mm-hmm. that it was like, you know, not necessarily underground, but it was hidden from the, mm-hmm. the normal public. It wasn't a pl- public uh-huh. place. And people would drink harder alcohol there. Uh-huh. Me so. pregunto, ¿qué vendían en los bares si no era alcohol? No, they didn't have, like, regular bars. Oh, okay. Right, uh-huh. yeah. They didn't have, like... Uh-huh. <laughs> Entonces, ¿creerías que el eslogan Say No eh, promocionó más las drogas de lo que hizo que las personas no consumieran? Well, it just made it so that it became, like, an, a black market for, uh-huh. for drugs. So they call it a black market, but it was, like, a contraband market. Uh-huh. There's a better way to say it is a contraband market. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, these were all contraband goods that y- if you wanted them, you had to get them through illegal means, which means uh-huh. that the price of those goods goes up, mm-hmm. which means that there are more people willing to uh-huh. uh, be a part of the crime to get the big mm-hmm. payoff from having the drugs. Pagar más por el producto. Yeah, and it's the uh-huh. same thing happened under Prohibition. We had, you know, the big uh, gangsters like Al Capone and, uh-huh. and those kind of people became uh, popular and became uh, powerful because of prohibition. Had prohibition never existed, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have had near the body count mm-hmm. that it had. And I mean, like, it was pretty crazy because even the United States government um, poisoned the alcohol. ¿En serio? And then give it out to the to the people, yeah. Entonces... Medio que ellos envenenaron a su propio a su propia población. Yes, yes. Oh. To try to get them off of uh-huh. the alcohol. Uh, so it's just this kind of craziness when you try to prohibit things. Uh-huh. Uh, that, you know, makes it so that people actually uh, do them more. You uh-huh. know? In the 1990s, it was kind of interesting because, like, um, there was a lot of anti-smoking uh-huh. um, commercials on TV. And what it did is that people made people want to smoke uh-huh. more. It, it, it's kind of seems strange. Uh-huh. But if you have the anti thing, there's certain people that are just like, you can't tell me what to do. I'm uh-huh. going to do what I want to do. And then they uh-huh. started smoking more. ¿Por qué crees que hay esta rebeldía contra 
las leyes o contra simple. estas like, propagandas. Do you, when you're a teenager, did you like it, or would you like it if your, you know, parent or guardian says you can't do this? No. <laughs> right. So everybody is the same way. Uh huh. Nobody. It's like this thing with masks in 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 the United States. There's a mm-hmm. lot of people who don't want to wear masks uh-huh. because the government told you you had to. Uh-huh. Because the there's other people that told you had to. If if it was just like, you know, in here it is in Japan, where we kind of just wear masks. It's because uh-huh. you know if you're sick you wore a mask. If you're not sick and you wanted to protect uh-huh. yourself you'd wear a mask. This was just something we did. For ages here in Japan, claro. but in other places it's like a brand new kind of culture, uh-huh. and yeah, there's always going to be a bunch of people who mm-hmm. fight back against that. So you know, it's just kind of a human nature thing. Uh-huh. Some people just don't want to be told what to do. Claro, como que el mecanismo de defensa está alto en algunas personas. Sure, yeah. I mean, uh-huh. and and I I understand it from their point of view. Uh-huh. Uh, if you have never worn a mask, they're really uncomfortable. Like mm-hmm. I, I absolutely hate wearing them. But like, the, you know, if I'm going on a train, I just realize that people are gonna feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. if I'm not wearing one. So I Better. wear one. I, and I, I'm not a big like. I've looked into the science about it. They're not that much protection, mm-hmm. but they're also they're not hurting mm-hmm. anything per se. Just a little bit uh, uncomfortable mm-hmm. to wear. But claro, y usarlas con el clima super húmedo que existe en Japón es difícil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> over here, it's like, I'll put on a, like a mask and like, in seconds, like, my whole face is sweating. Claro, y no sé si ustedes saben, pero él tiene barba. Entonces, su barba <laughs> está super húmeda y... Yeah. Moist. <laughs> yeah, it, it it makes your it, it does make your 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 facial hair get wet and it's it's kind of just not fun. So, but I but I say like, I still don't mind wearing one because again in Japan like if you're ever, what it used to be and I'm glad that they changed this because it used to be, uh, I've got a little fever but I'm gonna wear a mask and I'm gonna go to work right that's how people uh, claro, behave. Eh? Antes, and, right, right. <laughs> and now it's like I've got a little fever stay home, <laughs> which is actually kind of cool because there were so many days that you 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 kind of had to go to work even if you exactly. were sick in uh-huh. Japan. And nowadays they're like, oh, just stay home, which is actually a good, you know, change for Japan, I think. Claro, ha estado cambiando mucho la cultura de trabajo. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit. And we'll see how that actually plays out. But um, back to the whole idea, don't want to uh, digress too far from narcos. So um, why do I think this is a great way to learn language? Number one, um, when you're listening to language, and even if you don't understand it, mm-hmm. Um, it's the rhythm and the, your, your, your subconscious mind starts to pick up on little uh, points of the language. Mm-hmm. Y también se acostumbran al cambio del right. español y el inglés. Right, so it, it, it's going to switch back so you're not going to be completely lost. Mm-hmm. Even if you just speak Spanish or if you, if you just speak English, you're not going to be completely lost while you're watching it. Also, it's got subtitles. So if you if you want to read what is supposedly being said, mm-hmm. you can get those subtitles. If you're watching subtitles, you can put them in Spanish or you can put subtitles in English, mm-hmm. and then you can get uh, subtitles for the whole thing claro. in context. But I recommend just watching it normally, mm-hmm. and and just trying to just watch it as as it is, mm-hmm. and that will give you a good a good understanding of like how it you can be not understanding everything. But at that same time, it's okay not to understand everything. So, 
there, did you know this? I'm going to give you a piece of information that you probably didn't know. Uh-huh. Did you know that babies cry differently in German? ¿En serio? Than they do in French? Nos podrás explicar más sobre yeah, eso. So, so here it goes. In, they did an experiment, or not experiment, they collected data on the sounds that babies make in Germany mm-hmm. um, when their parents are native German speakers mm-hmm. and they cry like with a, a dropping intonation. Uh-huh. And German is a, is a language spoken with a dropping intonation uh-huh. almost. And they looked at the French babies mm-hmm. and the French babies cried with an upward intonation uh, when they were crying. Uh-huh. So uh, if you can just imagine it's like a, ah, if you're, if, if you're German, uh-huh. ah, ah. But if you're French, ah, ah, ah. And then uh-huh. when they, they did the same experiment, or they did this, collected data on Chinese babies, uh-huh. and they found that they were going, ah, they would go up and down, because uh-huh. Chinese is a tonal language that has ups and downs. And so it was uh, something that they discovered that babies in utero actually uh-huh. uh, start developing language just from hearing it outside of the uh-huh. room. And so one of the things that I, as a language learner, I've been successful to learning languages and getting really good um, accent mm-hmm. by just listening to a lot of the language, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, and being able to pick it up rather mm-hmm. than studying it in like mm-hmm. a, a class, which I'm not a big fan of, to be honest. I, I, I teach classes, but I always teach my students on how to learn a language rather than the language itself. El lenguaje. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's what I uh, have been doing right there. Y que me pregunto mm-hmm. si en el futuro harán un estudio con los bebés bilingües. <laughs> that would be interesting. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I would really be uh, interested to see what would happen with that. I, of course, I'm not the one who did the study and I, I just, uh, uh-huh. uh, you know, ran into the study the other day. And I was like, that was pretty crazy mm-hmm. that that kind of a study exists. Go ahead and look it up. I mean, it's not that hard to, to uh-huh. go and find it. Um, I don't remember it offhand, offhand, but you can look it up uh, by saying the do babies have an intonation from, from mm-hmm. birth? And they, it turns out that they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. ¿Y por qué crees que es importante eh, aprender el cambio de lenguas? So, like, one of the things that I thought was really interesting with um, the bilingual uh, aspect of things is, if, let's say you're going to be an interpreter mm-hmm. or you're going to be uh, doing some kind of work where you work in a bilingual environment mm-hmm. and you need to be able to, to train your mind to accept both uh-huh. languages at the same time. That's a, a really important, uh, mm-hmm. you know, skill. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the other reasons I really think it's important to, to watch Narcos and kind of get it. Plus, it's a really good story. Sí, es... Eh, creo que culturalmente es rico en cultura oh, que tiene definitely. bastante cultura de Colombia, de México en Estados Unidos eh, Estados Unidos right. muy aparte del, del, del uso de, de no hablan habl, que hablan sobre el uso de drogas no, it's not like even if you think about it it's just kind of rival gangs oh, okay. that's uh-huh. how I see it I see like okay you have the 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 government which is kind of like uh, kind of seems like a gang to me because like, <laughs> you know i feel bad for pablo escobar in a way like not that i think that he's a good guy but uh-huh. i think like uh, of course he's an absolute monster you know but it's mm-hmm. like when you watch narcos you can't help but like 
want him to be successful. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And the same with the um, Narcos Mexico. Um, you you kind of want these guys to be successful. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can see just how horrible the government intervention mm-hmm. kind of was. And, like, how, like, cutthroat and, like, killy it was. And, yeah, these guys were horrible. Mm-hmm. But if you put it next to exactly what the governments did, that was pretty horrible, mm-hmm. too. So I don't think there's any, like, what we call, like, white hats. Mm-hmm. Where you have, like, a, a, the good guys. There are, there are no real good guys mm-hmm. in these. Um, you You do see people that are treated horribly by both the cartels and treated horribly by mm-hmm. the government. And it, it's interesting to watch that play out. And I I, I lived in Panama during uh, the 90s, the end of the 90s, mm-hmm. and I saw firsthand just how horrible, um, you know, government agents were mm-hmm. in dealing with uh, things and how many you know, people were just, like, kind of killed uh-huh. on these things. And if you lived in Argentina during the uh, the, the Dirty War, mm-hmm. you know, the government over there was pretty horrible to, you know, suspected communists. They just kind of disappeared them. Uh-huh. So there's, like, all the this... Latin America has such a deep history of, like, the government being bad guys that uh-huh. when you look at the quote-unquote bad guys, uh-huh. they weren't quite as bad, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, even though they were, they were, they, you know, justice was kind of like swiftly dealt out amongst mm-hmm. themselves, um, and they would kill people who uh, were against them. But also, the government would go mm-hmm. out and had death squads and different mm-hmm. things in Latin America. Uh, so, you know, I, I really look at the whole picture, and it's like, yeah, it's just a real kind of anarchy almost uh-huh. going on down in in South 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 America. Not in like, in like, not in a a sense of like theoretical anarchy it's mm-hmm. it's chaos you know um and it's just who's the strongest mm-hmm. will survive entonces viendo es estas series te mm-hmm. ayudó a empatizar bastante con la las dos partes well for one it, this is like the the main thing is like you now understand if you watch these series and then if you watch el chapo as well you now understand that there are people caught up in this drug uh-huh. war that are completely innocent uh-huh. to this whole thing and their only escape from all of this horribleness uh-huh. is by um, going and moving to the United States uh-huh. and you know you you can really understand why somebody would uh, immigrate to the uh-huh. United States um, because they don't really have any hope of of uh-huh. you know having a life outside of there uh-huh. and so that that point was something that I was able to really understand a lot better. And I think that, um, you know, most people when they, they might have a, like, they might have sympathy for um, the United States wanting to have like a strong border security mm-hmm. and have a wall and things. I can understand where people would think that because of the drug cartels, mm-hmm. but also the people that are crossing are not like always going to be uh-huh. um, drug dealers mm-hmm. or cartel people. And even when they do cross into the United States, um, you know, they're not making a lot of trouble mm-hmm. there because, well, I mean, compared to Mexico, uh-huh. right, um, or, or in other Latin American countries, mm-hmm. they'll make a lot more trouble down there than they will up north mm-hmm. because there is a bit of a, uh, more of a rule of law and it is quite clear who is, you know, is controlling mm-hmm. things. But, 
Yeah, I, I really feel sorry for like the campasitos, the, 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 the people from the interior. Uh -huh. They get caught up in this kind of drug, drug war stuff. Pero se quedaron atrapados en el medio de, de esta guerra. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. and it's like, again, you can't really fault somebody for growing um, coca leaves, which is that we make cocaine with mm -hmm. those, as opposed to oranges when you get way less money for your oranges mm -hmm. than you do for coca leaves mm -hmm. and they're way easier to cultivate so it's like you kind of think about it in, in different terms one thing that's interesting is that for example in Peru and I think in Bolivia the hojas de coca are part of the culture so it's legal yeah so mm -hmm. like that's the thing is like the the my grandmother from Peru she used to uh, drink a tea with, mm -hmm. the, with the coca leaves which is like not like drugs at all mm -hmm. it's just a tea that you know, kind of gives you a, a, a really good uh, invigoration it makes it so you don't feel hungry and mm -hmm. you know it's it's actually not like um, poison at all but like when it gets concentrated down like the whole process of uh -huh. making cocaine is like a, a, a crazy chemical process mm -hmm. and it's just like yeah that stuff's horrible but like you know a few uh, leaves of coca that you know you burn as an incense is mm -hmm. not going to you know be harmful to you mm -hmm. it's kind of like what we call like micro dosing of mm -hmm. of these things and actually actually it has like some health benefits so yeah and and as far as Bolivia Bolivia Peru and Ecuador where those you know drugs are basically cultivated mm -hmm. um you know that's uh, just part of their local culture and, uh -huh. and it's, exactly. it's very normal so Yeah, there's a lot at play, <laughs> uh -huh. and uh, watching the 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 series Narcos was a great way to kind of like get interested into this this mm -hmm. whole Latin American history and understanding the culture. And you can also understand the way that the Americans see it. If you're a Latin American, you just really be be careful, like be um, attentive to like how the American narrators talk. And their DEA agents, that that was their job, was set up to do mm -hmm. that. And if you think about it in from their point of view, they're really just trying to do the job that they were sent to mm -hmm. do. So I, I almost feel bad for them because they get in real trouble too. Uh -huh. um, the DEA uh, agents, they get uh, killed, some of them, and some of them get like bad things happen to them. Mm -hmm. uh, and so even on all sides of, of this you know, drug war, It's when, you know, we try to uh, limit what people can do. Mm -hmm. It really makes it hard, you know, for them to have a, a normal life. Mm -hmm. Because there's so many forces at work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hay muchas partes envueltas en esta guerra. No yeah, solamente yeah. los que la están haciendo. So many partes mm -hmm. envueltas. <laughs> so there's, <laughs> there's so much. It's like a big tangled web of you know people and uh interests and uh you know if it was just set up to like where, where drugs were legal mm -hmm. number one i i can't imagine them spending that much energy to uh cultivate mm -hmm. them and it, since it wouldn't be that much price in in them you know there wouldn't be that much money involved in it there wouldn't be that much of a uh, you know of a scandal with you know all of the killings mm -hmm. and everything because when you make something that's like should be normally uh, a kind of a low-priced product mm -hmm. 
when you make it artificially high by making it illegal, then it's going to make it much worse for mm -hmm. anybody involved in the trade. Claro. ¿Y nos podrías explicar lo que es microdosis? Yeah, microdosing is kind of something that uh, it's instead of doing like, and I, I, I don't really microdose anything, maybe <laughs> I kind of microdose caffeine. <laughs> um, but uh, the idea of microdosing is instead of taking uh, enough drug to make you high, you take a, enough drug to give you the, the benefit mm -hmm. of it that, that would have been given. So when I talk about microdosing, it's like if you microdosed heroin, you'd be having such a tiny amount of heroin mm -hmm. that it would just maybe be giving you a light pain reliever mm -hmm. um, as opposed to, you know, taking enough to make you high. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's the idea. Is y creo que es algo que se ha vuelto muy popular en Estados Unidos. Right. Well, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of drugs... Um, get microdosed now with athletes and, and different people trying to to use them in a way that would be most beneficial. Uh -huh. And so like one of the the drugs that gets microdosed a lot nowadays, which is they're finding to be quite useful, is LSD, uh -huh. which used to be like it's a psychedelic you know, uh -huh. drug. Um, sí. And it's similar to psilocybin, I guess, um, which is some, you get from mushrooms. And so there's some people who are microdosing psilocybin, mm -hmm. which is uh, from mushrooms. Mm -hmm. And some people uh, are still uh, microdosing LSD to try to get a kind of um, stress relief and mm -hmm. anxiety, uh, a relief from anxiety. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, entonces, el microdosis es bueno ahora? I don't know if it's legal. <laughs> I, I know that a lot of times that we, we don't say that like, I wouldn't say anything is particularly good, but you know, you don't really want to uh, just start microdosing by yourself. If you probably want to consult uh -huh. a doctor or somebody who knows something about it. Sí. <laughs> um, I definitely wouldn't uh, uh, participate in, in any kind of microdosing. Um, but I think that when you're talking about like, the the ladies on the chakras in Peru uh -huh. the you know they're they're just taking a handful of coca leaves putting them in some tea mm -hmm. and then uh, drinking it and and then they don't feel hungry during the day mm -hmm. um, you know it's kind of a helpful thing mm -hmm. uh, you know so they'll eat you know less and it could be a good way to you know get your appetite down mm -hmm. um, so there could be some definite benefits mm -hmm. to this stuff but because it's illegal and it's all type one narcotics you can't do anything with it uh -huh. and that kind of makes it troublesome. Uh -huh. yeah. uh, creo que en cualquier cosa que consumimos debemos tener uh, una clase de balance. Sure, I mean like uh -huh. like if you eat too much sugar it will kill you. Exacto, right? pero si uh, comes o bebes un poco de azúcar, uh -huh. dependiendo la forma en que lo tomes, uh, right, so if you're if you're an athlete and you are, you know, when I'm doing my mountain biking and things, I will take, um, you know, packets of, of sugar mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, use them, mix them with, with uh, waters and salts and different mm -hmm. things to make it so that I can have a, a good hydration uh, and mm -hmm. energy drink. So there's all kinds of benefits to everything, uh -huh. but it, it needs to be used in the right way. Claro, incluso cuando estoy haciendo snowboard, uh -huh. eh, llevo bastante chocolate. Oh, yeah? 
Sí, porque el frío te hace perder muchas calorías, Ajá. entonces yo tengo... Eh, la glucosa se me baja mucho Ay, sí. en invierno, entonces tengo que estar tomando chocolate o si no comienzo a temblar horrible. Narcos is a great way to start. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're out there and you're trying to figure out your best way to learn Spanish and you know or English, and you just can't find something that's fun to watch, mm -hmm. because it's you're gonna have to watch it all in English or all in Spanish. Exactly. That's kind of hard. Try out Narcos uh, and and see how that goes. It is pretty rough though. Like some of the the killing uh -huh. and stuff, it it's kind of tough. But you I think know. it's pretty. <laughs> Like, I think that's the part of the, that is historically important for you to understand is like having voting for like strong drug laws in the United States mm -hmm. and be, voting for people who are tough on crime per se. Mm -hmm. it, it has horrible effects uh, mm -hmm. throughout the, 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 the chain reaction mm -hmm. that occurs. And, you know, like it could, it got a lot of people killed. This drug war mm -hmm. did. So I think all in all, it's um, you know it's been called a failed drug war by a lot of people mm -hmm. because it uh, still you know <laughs> people are still. Yeah, and actually you know um, marijuana cannabis is kind of legal in a lot of states mm -hmm. now, uh, although federally it's illegal. Um, but the you know the making of it illegal, all it did is serve to hurt people, mm -hmm. and so I think about those things and I say. It's probably best that we do legalize all drugs, or, or at least decriminalize them, in a way that uh, you know you're not going to go to jail for um, for carrying these things. That, uh, then, in that way, you know there won't be as much um, money in producing it, mm -hmm. and it will probably uh, you know drop down quite a bit. They did the same thing in Portugal. Ah, sí, escuché eso. Right, so Port Portugal had like, I think it was like a 50% drop in all mm -hmm. drug use and drug related, all, I mean like drug crime went down like like by mm -hmm. half and then like, of course because they, they decriminalized it, but drug related crime mm -hmm. uh, went down by half and then also uh, use went down by half. Mm -hmm. which they didn't expect. They thought actually that use might actually go up mm -hmm. and it, it actually went down. So, wow, yeah. es increíble como las cosas que pensamos a veces It's son a, diferentes. Yeah, so we think of something that might be just a bit counterintuitive. Um, that, that that's what we usually get. You uh -huh. know, there's there's a lot of things that are counterintuitive, and that's one of them. Yeah. Uh -huh. Es muy interesante el tema y creo que es un tema muy extenso. <laughs> yes, go ahead and check out Narcos. We'll see you. Eh, te veremos en el siguiente episodio y espero que este episodio haya sido muy interesante para ustedes. Déjenos sus comentarios y denos like y díganos y recomiéndanos qué les gustaría que hablemos en el siguiente episodio. That's right. Make sure that you give us a like and a share and also uh, give us a five star rating wherever you're watching this pro uh, program. Not only that, you can comment uh, on the Facebook page, which is really important to us. Mm -hmm. Uh, and where is that? That's uh, just uh, Spanglish. Uh, Spanglish. Oh, y no te olvides de venirte a nuestro grupo en Facebook, Sp Spanglish Inner Club. Yeah. 
para que tengas nos puedes dejar tus preguntas nos puedes dejar tus comentarios o si tienes alguna pregunta sobre idiomas o tienes algún problema únete en el grupo y comenta that's it that's right and also with that we're gonna start charging for membership in a few Exacto. months here Maybe, so get on there while you can and join and Uh, get into that uh, uh, Spanglish group. It starts with an S in, in the inner circle. Uh -huh. um, and this normally, Spanglish is with an E, uh, but in this uh, group, it's with an S. So that's, that's the group you want to try to join. No se olviden de venirse al grupo y los veremos la siguiente semana con nuevo topic. Okay, bye bye. See you.